From beach towels to tea towels and from mugs to water bottles, the TNT Shop has it all. Browse our shop now at tntradio.live. The Steve Malzberg Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, everyone, welcome aboard. It's four minutes past the hour of 9 p.m. here on the East Coast of the United States on Thursday night. And you know what day and time it is wherever you are partaking of the Steve Malzberg Show on TNT. I want to pick up on what's going on in Texas and what's happening to this country and what stunt Joe Biden is going to pull soon because he's going to be told to do it. It's uh, all very interesting, to say the least. But I, I just came across something, as reported by the, uh, the Algaminer. And, uh, you know, I, I'm kind of hungry. I, I ate uh, dinner, but I'm, I'm always hungry. So I'm hungry. So, uh, so this, this, uh, this kind of caught my eye. And I'm thinking, wow, if I were in Jordan, you know where I could eat? Guess where I could eat? And and the 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 restaurateur came up with this name. They claim he claims not of his own brain power, but he did a poll. He he put out the question to people who would come to his restaurant, and 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 they came back with the answer. What do you think he named his restaurant? What do you think this guy? has named his restaurant. It's called, ladies and gentlemen, the October 7th. Yes, the October 7th. It's who they are. Jordan still has not condemned the October 7th attacks. Neither has the Palestinian Authority, who Israel has to live next to, and they have to run Gaza. <laughs> That's a joke and a half. I don't know how many people have condemned it. Uh, I know what the polls all say, as far as the people in the West Bank and the people in, in, uh, in um, Gaza, when they were polled, overwhelming majorities approved of October 7th. So it's a natural I'm sure the people of Jordan feel the same way if this guy got so much response that he's naming his new restaurant the October 7th. Oh, baby, it's the place to be. It's the, I hear it's right next to the Auschwitz. Yeah, you didn't know that? Right next to the Auschwitz. It's a wonderful place to live. Wonderful people in that area. Wonderful, wonderful people. <laughs> oh, Israel, genocide, horrible people. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a break and a half. Okay. Now let's get back to what's going on here. My, oh, my. Now I'm still hungry, but I've kind of lost my appetite to a great extent. What's happening here is uh, uh, almost half the country's governors have now said, we will help. Governor Abbott of Texas. Why does Governor Abbott of Texas need help? Governor Abbott of Texas needs help because the Supreme Court ruled that he has to have his, you know, his uh, his people take down barbed wire 
that they put up along certain portions of the border with Mexico to help keep the illegals out. And of course, when they did that, the Biden administration went to court. They lost at a lower court. They went to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court, really without much comment, indicated that while this goes on, the fight, if you will, Texas has to take down the the barbed wire. Well, Governor Abbott said, I ain't taking down no barbed wire. Kind of similar to when Joe Biden was told by the Supreme Court, you can't unilaterally forgive student loans. That has to come from the Congress. What has he done since then? Unilaterally forgiven different kinds of student loans. (laughs) When New York City was found by the U.S. Supreme Court, when it was found that their application process for a carry permit in the city was too restrictive and too cumbersome, what did they do? They made it more restrictive and more cumbersome. It's not the same one that was ruled on. It's worse. So they're saying, hey, you don't like it, somebody? Take it all the way to the Supreme Court again. In the meantime, you know what we're saying to the Supreme Court? We're doing this to them, but only there's a finger involved. What Biden's doing to them, it's what New York's doing to them. Oh, the Supreme Court also said you can't use race in college admissions. Okay? Oh, well, they came up with a way to use race in college admissions, just a different way. That's what they gave the Supreme Court. So now the left is outraged that Governor Abbott is not following what the Supreme Court said. And Governor Abbott is, has said, has speculated about calling out the National Guard. Other states have said, Oklahoma, right, borders Texas. Oklahoma said, the governor, we'll send our National Guard to Texas too to help Abbott. But ladies and gentlemen, there's a caveat here. And that is that the president of the United States can nationalize, federalize the uh, National Guard of a state. And he becomes the commander, not the governor of the state. So this is, this is what the left wants. I believe I heard this said earlier tonight on Fox. I believe it's true. This is what the left wants. They're hoping, they're praying for some kind of violent confrontation. So they could say, see, see, another January 6th, more insurrection and arrest people and round people up and, you know, put more people in jail. And they, they think score political points. Now, I hope there's no physical confrontation, you know, nothing that breaks the law. I hope nobody gets hurt. I'm not pushing for that at all, just for the record. Okay. Um, What's going to happen? I don't know. I don't know. What if I'm just off the top of my head, I'm a scenario. What if a, a bunch of states, two or three or 20, send their National Guard to Texas? And Biden federalizes them and they disobey. I, I, I don't even I can't even fathom this. But what Abbott is claiming is 
I don't have National Guard aside with, you know, with, with that eventuality. What, but what Abbott is claiming now is President Biden should be, you know, he should basically he's breaking the law. He's allowing an invasion into the state of Texas. We can't have that. He's not allowing the federal government to do anything to fix it. So it's incumbent upon me as governor to fix it or try to. This is so messed up. But watch, watch, watch how this will be portrayed. Watch how this will be portrayed. And watch what the federal government will do. Watch who might be arrested. Watch who might be thrown in jail. You think it's out of the question that they try to lead? Well, of course, Governor Abbott's in a wheelchair. But you try to, to try to, to, to cuff him and, and, and put him behind bars? That's what they want to do to Trump. I put nothing past them. Nothing. And now there's this other story. Trump has said to the Congress, through social media, through his comments, don't, don't, don't agree to any bill from a compromise bill with Biden and Schumer unless it gives you every single thing you want. That's what the, the, uh, the, uh, the Freedom Caucus uh, uh, chairman, Congressman Bob Good of Virginia, who we had on this show yesterday, basically also said, H.R. 2, it's what the House passed last year. Everything in H.R. 2 must be in any bill compromised with the Senate. Otherwise, you're not getting anything. Otherwise, it's a joke. So the way the media is portraying this is that, oh, Trump is telling Republicans in the House and Senate not to agree to something that could help the border, help the problem. And instead, he just wants an issue to run on. No. Freaking morons. What he's saying is, don't agree to a, 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 a solution that's anything but a solution that's going to allow 5,000 people a day into this country. Are you out of your minds? And it has nothing, basically, nothing that Trump instituted when he was president and nothing that Biden then overturned in it and has nothing, nothing that's going to solve that border crisis. And what's Kamala going around saying when she's not talking about a woman's body? She's saying, oh, we could solve this problem. We just need an easier path to citizenship for the illegals. What? <laughs> is, is she? Well, we know what she is. But sh there, she spilled the beans. That's their solution. All the illegals who are coming in, give them a path to citizenship. And all the ones who have been here for all these years, make it easier for them. That's how she says this could be solved. Solved by who? Now, in the states where they've been, the, the, in Iowa and New Hampshire, when, when asked, when Republicans were asked, you know, do immigrants, illegal immigrants at this point, help or hurt the country? Overwhelmingly hurt the country. Folks, we have in cities across this country, and if you don't think I've predicted this before it happened, and I predicted that it's going to be mandatory one day, that people want to take in illegals into their home, 
New York City says, fine. A suburb of Chicago says, fine. That's going to spread like wildfire through these liberal states. And again, who are you taking into your home? Like if you lived on an isolated island and you wanted to take them all into your home, I don't give a rat's behind. But if you're my neighbor or you're the neighbor of a, a family with young kids, or any kids or anybody, who are you taking into your home? These people have disease? These people, are, are they criminals? Were they in mental institutions? Were they pedophiles? You're not only putting yourself in danger, you're putting the families around you in danger. This is, this is the, 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 the brink of total collapse and insanity. And the media is making Abbott, of course, out to be the villain. The administration is making Abbott, of course, out to be the villain. And Americans are smarter. Americans don't want illegals coming into this country. You want immigration? Okay. You want immigration? Do it in a proper way where people that have been in this country legally they don't want illegals coming in either. Now, when I say they, I don't mean every single one because nobody's monolithic. No group is monolithic. But you know what I mean. This is, this is beyond comprehension. This is beyond comprehension. That, 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 and, and, and why do we have to get this bill done so soon, according to Biden? We have to give money to Ukraine for their border against Russia. <laughs> So we're worried about Ukraine's border, but our border. Here's the thing. They're not worried about our border because this is what they want. The people in charge of the U.S. government and the administration, more specifically, being run, I believe, by the Obama, Barack Obama and his people who were around him in his administration, who couldn't get things done that he would, all the things he wanted done when he was president. He's, he's having a party every night, man. This is all what he wants. He wants destruction. He wants to make this country unrecognizable in his own desirable image. Rules for radicals. If I said it once, I've said it a hundred times. Read it. Read it. We are in big, big trouble. So let me um, let me get to some sound. Uh, we have Governor Abbott. He was on Fox. He explained things very well. And um, here is cut uh, 321. What are you saying about the compact between the federal government and the state of Texas today? It was the states that created the United States. And when the states voted to uh, create the United States and have a constitution, uh, included in that agreement was the compact that the federal government would take care of the states. And Article 4, Section 4 of the Constitution speaks to that and, and says that uh, if the federal government does not take care of the states and the states are in danger, well, we can ask the federal government to live up to its obligation. Then the authors of the Constitution knew there would be times when the federal government would not live up to its duty. And so they empowered states in Article 1, Section 10, the right of self-defense. And what Texas is asserting is our Article 1, Section 10 right of self-defense mm. because the President of the United States 
is not fulfilling his duty to enforce the laws passed by Congress that deny illegal entry into the United States. It, 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 it really is that simple. I mean, legally, it might not be, you know, going through the process and the courts and everything, but, but, but common sense wise and legally, he cited, it is that simple. I'm not a lawyer, but you have to protect the, the states from invasion. If you suddenly say, oh, we're going to let Texas be invaded, what's Texas supposed to do? Here's cut 322. Will you instruct your officers to physically prevent federal officers from accessing that part of the border? So uh, what Texas is doing is just very simple. And, and, and that is because the Biden administration has really, truly abdicated its responsibility to secure the border and enforce the laws. Texas very simply is securing the border. And so we put up the razor wire that you were talking about, Bill, and uh, we put up all these barricades that actually have denied illegal entry. Uh, and as you pointed out also in that screen, that there are criminals coming across our border. Texas has a right as a state to stop criminals from coming into our state, to make arrests of those criminals. Uh, and we have National Guard, as well as Texas Department of Public Safety officers who are there to make those arrests and to deny illegal entry. And Joe Biden actually does have an option here. Joe Biden's option is to enforce the laws of the United States and stop this illegal entry. But of course that won't happen because they have no interest in that. They have no interest in that. And it is just, I mean, how could you argue with anything this man has said so far? Imagine you live in Texas. Imagine you live near the border of Texas and the federal government isn't doing anything. And what they're proposing is to put, let more people in and get hire more judges, hire more border agents so they can help the people get in. I mean, this isn't to, to, to fight them. You put up a wall, you put up the barbed wire, you put up a fence, you, you stop people from getting in or you try. You don't take it down as Biden did. And is doing here with the with the, the 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 fencing the wiring, just reprehensible. It's it, it it you know what? I don't know. I mean, to me, you can impeach Biden for what he's not doing here. It's certainly more egregious than what Trump was impeached for, both times. Put together. That's good. But of course, impeaching Biden's not going to help stop the influx and it's not going to help Texas. Here is cut 323. It's unfortunate that there is a governor in Texas, Governor Abbott, who has politicized this issue of what's happening on the border. And it's not making people's lives safer. It's actually making it harder for law enforcement at the, at the border to do their job. She, that, that she actually, she just said that this morning. How do you respond? Obviously, it's a very uninformed comment on her part. There's really only one person in America not doing their job, and that's the president of the United States who's not enforcing immigration laws. Also, as she has already been called out, and the president and other Democrats and media, uh, they have cast a false narrative 
about some people dying on the border uh, that apparently Texas denied Border Patrol access to has been completely debunked. The only thing that uh, the spokesperson for Biden can do is to cast aspersions and lies, hoping that people will believe them. Because the truth of the matter is, what Texas is doing is what Americans expect to be done. Americans expect the border to be secured. Because Joe Biden has abandoned that responsibility, Texas is stepping up and doing it with all that razor wire that you're showing right now. Yeah. Yeah. Remember the other day I told you about a lie? Karine uh, Jean-Pierre, who you just heard there, the self-proclaimed historic figure, the first black lesbian White House press spokesman, person, pronoun. I don't know. Um, you know, I don't want to go to jail. You know, there, there are some things that if you say the wrong pronoun to somebody in some countries now, you could, you could be charged with sexual assault if you, if you use the wrong pronoun. <laughs> don't get me. That, that's a whole nother one. I can't. I really can't. There's only so much I could take. You know, there's only so much from the October 7th restaurant to uh, this, to that. It, it's just like, <laughs> head explode. Um, yeah, when they lied about uh, that the, 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 the mother and her kids drowned because the, uh, the Border Patrol, because of the wired fence, couldn't get to, to help them and save them. Well, when they did get to help them and save them, they found that they had already been dead. Um, the bottom line is that the, 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 the medical examiner proved that they had been dead long before anybody ever saw them. Okay, so it's not like the Border Patrol was like, oh, we got to help these people and, and couldn't. That's not the case. So they lied about that. They lie about everything. Remember the whipping? Remember the videos? And oh, look, the Border Patrol is whipping the migrants, whipping them as they come to uh, ashore. They weren't whipping them. They were whipping their horses. They never took it back, but it was disproven. Nobody ever got, you know, went to jail or got in trouble or indicted for it, as far as I know. It was just a, a, a hoax. Like, you know, hands up, don't shoot, Michael Brown, which Kamala referenced in, in comparison and making an analogy to the Civil War. <laughs> yes, the Battle of Gettysburg, she said at the church in, uh, uh, South, in, uh, in South Carolina, I believe. Uh, yes, I think it was South Carolina on Martin Luther King's birthday. We played it for you. She gave this whole speech and she said how America has always, you know, fought back. Battle of Gettysburg, Ferguson, Missouri. Ferguson? The made up story about a black man who said, who said hands up, don't shoot? Who really attacked a cop? Who the Biden, the Obama administration, Justice Department found? We're not charging the white cop. There were no civil rights violations. He never said he never put his hands up and said, don't shoot. He attacked the cop. The witnesses originally lied and then took it back. That's what she uses in the same breath as Gettysburg. What the hell is going on? I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm running an insane asylum show. Like none of this could be real. Oh, but it's real. It's all real. It's so real. And I can't wait for the Super Bowl. I don't know if it's going to be, I probably will not be drowned out by a commercial. Uh, can't wait for that black national anthem. Can't wait for that one. And I just read something about uh, the days leading up to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. The NFL's running 
Pride days, got to love it. Of course they have to. Of course they're going to. (laughs) What would the Super Bowl be without Pride Days and the Black National Anthem? Can you believe they call something the Black National Anthem? Where's the Hispanic National Anthem? Where's the Asian National Anthem? You want to call the National Anthem the White National Anthem? Screw you, but okay, let's, 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 let's assume that that's the case. Where's all the other races, national ethnicities, National Anthem? What a joke. What a joke. See how easy it is to get sidetracked here? I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. All right. Uh, here's the last one from the governor. Uh, 324. We lost this week at the U.S. Supreme Court. Does this now go back there? And how would you expect to win a second time around? One quick point of clarification, uh, something, Bill, you just said that everybody is saying, uh, and that is that the Supreme Court, you said the Supreme Court said what Texas cannot do. If you look at what the Supreme Court actually issued, they didn't write any type of opinion. All they did was to vacate a Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals order and to send it back to the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. It's two sentences. There, there was no opinion about anything about razor wire or what Texas is doing or anything like that. Uh, and but that point aside, what federal statute may exist? The supremacy, the supremacy clause means that the Constitution itself is the supreme law of the land. The Constitution itself provides Texas with a right of self-defense in this case because the United States has abandoned its responsibility to defend Texas. Well, it's going to be. Most interesting. It's going to be incredibly serious. And tomorrow's the deadline. I mean, Biden basically gave them a deadline that uh, starting tomorrow, they better start taking that, that stuff down. Or else. Now, what or else is, like I said, what, what are they going to do? They're going to forcibly move aside uh, you know, have federal troops come in and do it or, or, or have the Border Patrol f- get into a physical altercation if there's going to be one with anybody, uh, the Texas National Guard or whatever. Is he going to nationalize, federalize the National Guard? I mean, this is really, you know, this is really serious stuff. Really serious stuff. Now, we have uh, Congresswoman Victoria uh, um, Sparks coming on in a few minutes uh, from Indiana. But she's going to address this, certainly, and other issues as well. Uh, We'll take a break now. And I'm Steve Malsberg, right here on TNT. When a crisis hits close to home and across the globe, nonprofits are on the front lines, ready to serve. The demand for charitable services has skyrocketed, and nonprofits are rising to meet the needs. Healing. Nurturing rescuing, honoring, protecting, caring, inspiring. The work of philanthropic organizations of all sizes across all missions has never been more important. And it's donors and volunteers like you who make all this possible. Thank you. Together, we change the world. The Nonprofit Alliance. 
anticipate potential delays for the morning commute. In other news, a recent government report on prescription drug pricing points to corporate mouth. Freedom of the press is about your right to know. It's about your right to be informed. Your right to access all types of information keeps us free as a nation. No, 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 no. Today, there are real threats to press freedom. And your right to know about the world around us. Look. Some threats are obvious, some are easy to miss, but they all put our way of life at risk. We must defend against all of these threats, no matter what kind of news is important to you. Justified putting American troops in harm's way. That's a great question. We must protect our right to know before it's too late. Understand the threats. Protectpressfreedom.org. If you're talking about it, we're talking about it. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Hi, folks. I welcome you back. Uh, we uh, are, are assured we'll be joined by the Congresswoman shortly. But in the meantime, let's uh, continue uh, with some more uh, <laughs> insane clips. Here is uh, Peter Ducey from the other day um, confronting John Kirby, national security spokesperson who we've seen and heard from plenty on this show. Um, great question. Not so great answer, of course. It's what we've come to expect. Here's cut 299. Why are you guys making it easier for people to enter the country illegally? I believe we are. Why do you think we are? Well, you guys sued to cut razor wire that was put in place by Texas officials. So that the Border Patrol could actually do their jobs, but keep going. Well, you won in court, so now what? The Border Patrol Union president is saying the Supreme Court's decision is going to undoubtedly encourage more illegal immigration. Do you guys know better than the Border Patrol Union? The Border Patrol needed access, and that's why we sued to get rid of that uh, razor wire, so that they could do their jobs. Does razor wire work? Does razor wire work for what? Does it work for the Border Patrol to allow them to have the access they need to be able to uh, to better process people that are uh, trying to get across the border? I don't think so. And that's why we asked for it to be removed. <laughs> All right. This is the guy who on, on Sunday went on Good Morning America. We played it for you Monday, talking about our troops who were injured in Iraq um, uh, over the weekend at an air, or air base in Iraq. And he said, ah, there wasn't a lot of soldiers and, you know, all they had was traumatic brain injury. You know, it wasn't like something serious. And then he said, of course, that's serious enough. Now, follow this. Follow this. The barbed wire, the razor wire, whatever you want to call it, means these people can't get through it. He's claiming, they're claiming, the wire has to come down so the border control uh, patrol agents could do their job. When he finally acquiesced and admitted what the job is that they can't do, it's they got to be able to process the people coming through. So Kirby and Biden and the rest of them would rather have the illegals coming through instead of have the, 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 the wire, the razor wire up to make sure 
that they can't come through. Now, what sense at all does that make? And the answer is, it makes absolutely no sense unless your goal is what the Biden administration's goal and the left's goal is. Everybody come in. Oh, you'll be processed. And then you go your merry way. Come back in three or four years. Oh, yeah, what's that? You're going to disappear? Oh, well, Kamala wants to give you a path to citizenship anyway. So don't worry about it. That's what this is all about. So the wire keeps them out. The wire has to come down, says John Kirby, because the Border Patrol can't process them. Well, if they're not coming in, you're not processing them. He'd rather have them processed coming in than keeping them out. On that note, um, I believe I see her. And I am thrilled to welcome back to the show the one and only congressman from the uh, congresswoman from the great state of uh, Indiana. And that, of course, is Victoria Sparts, um, 5th District. Hello, Congresswoman. How are you? Good. Good evening. Just came from a very vibrant town hall in the district. I know you're doing those, and, uh, and uh, I think that's great. It's always good to talk to the, uh, the constituents. Let me just ask you, off the, just the, what, what, what concerns them the most right now? What are you finding? Like all across the board, and we do very random. It's not really screened. We just pick different people and go through the list. Almost every person in the room raised questions with the border security. People are so concerned. This is number one issue. It's not just in my district, but it was very obvious that people truly are very concerned. And even people, you know, I have a, you know, that was like in the city that is very vibrant and very like it's, you know, you know, that's a city that sometimes Democrats even win some seats. So it's not a very conservative city in my district, but I almost had no one in that room, even people on Democrat side objecting that this is a national security issue. All right, so let's let's talk a little bit about it because uh, right now, I mean, you've been in the town hall. This has been fast moving. What we have now, of course, is the Biden administration giving a, a deadline of tomorrow for uh, the, uh, the the razor wire to start coming down. Um, we've had governors from I think last count was twenty four states pledge to help. Governor Abbott and the state of Texas, um, the governor of Oklahoma said he would send a national, his National Guard, which is right next door, to the state of Texas. Maybe some other governors have, have, have uh, uh, pledged that in their, their uh, the pledge for help as well. Um, you've had um, Mike Johnson, the House Speaker, uh, say that um, we have to stand by Governor Abbott and Texas. So you know, I don't know what kind of conflict or what kind of head this is going to come to, if any. But if Texas and the governor stand their ground, as they indicate they will, and they're not going to take it down, and they got the National Guard, there's also reports that Biden may nationalize, federalize the National Guard, which apparently he can do, and then they'd be under his command. What is going on here? Well, listen, I I think the state of Texas have been fighting this battle for a long time and they have no choice. You know, they have to do something. This is a truly invasion into our country. We have our children are dying from fentanyl and China and Mexican cartels and becoming very wealthy from it. We have terrorists have an opportunity to come across the border and we have a serious situation, a lot of regions, including in the Middle East. We have our welfare system is crushing on Americans. And now we have even cities like New York and Chicago 
look at that struggling to do that. And we also have a now in system where we right now don't have, you know, if you come here legally, you're kind of back on the line. The systems and abuse, we have human traffic and drug traffic, and we have serious national security situations that affect all of the states. So I think we have to hold the ground. This is an issue that if we don't hold the ground, our republic is going to fail. And I know that President Biden can do some things, but I think governors have ability to push back and sheriffs can do that too. And we have to help the state of Texas. It's going to be very, very interesting. Now, on, on the national scale, the talks are still going on, supposedly. Um, and, and, and of course, the media has spun what's happened. Donald Trump has echoed. I had the, uh, the chairman of the Freedom Caucus on, uh, Bob Good, uh, last night. And he basically said, we have to have, in any immigration agreement, it has to reflect uh, H.R. 2. If if it's short of HR two, it's 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 a sellout. It's going to look like something got accomplished. It's going to prop up the Democrats, but nothing will, will have been accomplished. And Trump is saying, don't to the Republicans, don't pass anything, don't get on board with anything that doesn't do everything you want. So the media has and the left has spun that to, oh. Trump is telling them what to do. Trump is selling out uh, a victory to solve the problem just so he could have an a, 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 a issue to run on. But that aside, if, if there's a bill that comes forth, if there's a Senate compromise or whatever the heck it's called, do you believe that the House Republicans will stick together and reject it unless it mimics H.R. 2, which you and I, or you know better than I, but I would assume it's not going to mimic H.R. 2? Listen, we have to hold the ground. We have to pick our hills to die on, but we have to take them. And this is a hill we have to pick as Republicans, because I'll explain something. I actually just went with Speaker Johnson to the border a few weeks ago, and I've been at the border many times, including in this sector. And that was a couple of years ago where the situation was terrible. But the situation is so bad right now that 40% of illegal aliens not even claim an asylum and let get into the country. So we can tighten our asylum laws as much as we want, which we need to. But if they're not even claiming and they're just overtaken, you know, by the border, it doesn't matter. We can talk about the parole authority, which we need to tighten, which is important because it's been abused by this administration. It never meant to have group parole. It should have been individuals and case on case basis. But if we don't force enforcement of these processes at the border, what President Trump did, where he had adjudication done at the border, people were denied entry and we had remaining Mexico policy where people that legitimate people that supposedly would claim asylum can wait for their turn, then it will incentivize illegitimate people to come and try to overwhelm the system and for cartels to take advantage of it. So it has to be together. Otherwise, it's a waste of time and the time is really very valuable. Now, you're from Ukraine. And of course, this 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 immigration uh, bill is tied in with the aid to Ukraine and to Israel and to Taiwan. But let's focus on Ukraine, because what I heard and, and, and there's a lot of head scratching going on, people trying to figure out even Republicans, what what Mitch McConnell said today or meant today. Uh, and he they, some people think he's kind of wants to separate um, the Ukrainian aid from the rest of it all, uh, because he, of course, favors uh, the Ukrainian, uh, you know, giving Ukraine the, the aid. Have you heard anything about that? Do you think it's a possibility that 
the the aid to Ukraine will be uh, a separate entity uh, as part of a deal, or or if they, even if there's no immigration deal, that that Ukraine would still get uh, at least a vote on on getting aid. Well, I think, you know, they will have a hard time to get support for that because, listen, we need to do better and we need to support our allies and deal with a lot of foreign issues that very, very significant. We have Russia, Iran and China on advance and really advancing rapidly, but we have to also protect our country. And I hate to say that we have to use Ukraine as a leverage, which shouldn't be. This issue should be dealt separately. But unfortunately, we have no other leverage left because, unfortunately, our the previous speaker gave up a lot of, on leverage, you know, to, to, to be able to secure the border. And we have to put pressure on administration. So I'm fine if these are separate bills, but the border has to come first. Okay. And so, and you're, you're for using the Ukraine as leverage with the Biden administration is what you're saying. Unfortunately, you know, unfortunately, yeah. you know, I'm not saying but unfortunately, we don't have any other leverage left and we cannot continue because regardless of what people say, if we have another year of what is happening in the border, we might not have the country before next administration. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. We're talking to Congresswoman Victoria Sparks of uh, Indiana. Let me ask you, there, there's a push um, uh, of sorts to, um, to have Donald Trump declared the nominee. Uh, this is a, um, uh, reportedly there's a, a review of a, of a resolution at least um, that, would, that would be in the Congress to declare Trump the nominee. Um, do you think that that's a worthwhile effort? Do you think it makes sense? I mean, it's only been two, two uh, you know, the, the caucus and the one primary, he's way ahead. Um, is there any need for that? Do you favor that? Would you vote for that? No, I think it's just purely politic, and I think President Trump will be the nominee, but you know we have the process, and I don't think it's for Congress to do nomination. I think it's been decided by our founding fathers that we're not going to have Congress electing presidents. I don't think we need to be changing the Constitution and get involved in that. I think a lot of people like to politic. And listen, it's good that we have competition, and obviously you can see that it's not just about President Trump. He represents the idea and frustration of American people, and you see how much people are willing and to stand up and how he really decisively won in some of the states. But look at the other side. They're destroying one candidate. They don't even allow discussion and competition. We have a representative from the state of Minnesota run against Biden. They tried to destroy him politically through the party. Yep. And, and honestly, he probably, and I don't want them to have a better candidate, but honestly, he probably would be a better candidate than, than President Biden to run because I think President Biden has a lot of problems and bad track record. Yeah, that, well, that goes without saying. Let me ask you one question. Um, you've announced, I believe, and I just want to set the record straight, you're not running again. This is your, when, when the end of you, this, uh, this session, you know, the, when November, then the end of the year, uh, when the next Congress is sworn in next, uh, next year, you're, you're just not running, correct? And you're one of, I think, four um, uh, from the state of, uh, of Indiana who um, are, are not going to seek reelection. Are you still, is that still your plan? And, and why? Well, listen, uh, I kind of, you know, look at things, you know, at the beginning of this last year, and I thought, you know what, uh, I really want to finish few issues and get some fight and take some time off, you know, and we have a lot too much drama, unfortunately. You know, we had a speaker who didn't want to govern. We spent a lot of time fighting with him. We got a new speaker that inherited a lot of problems and have challenges. 
So I'm going to see, you know, I have a lot of people in my district are very upset, you know, what's happening and I'm not going to let them down. So I'm going to see what's happening. I was hoping Republicans will do better. There are a few issues I want to deliver on and border security and moving the needle on debt and health care. That's a very big issue that are destroying our country. So we'll see. I mean, unfortunately, right now, my Republicans are not able to win against very, very difficult Senate. And the Senate is really a huge problem. And I met with senators, so I have two weeks if I decide to change my mind. And, you know, but I hope I was hoping that I can get back and spend a little time off with people home and have sanity. So if, if I see that they're completely nothing is going to happen and Republicans are going to fail, maybe I need to give another chance to have a different president to work with, because without having an executive that rely on some of these issues, very well, difficult. Well, if I may, from someone who doesn't live anywhere near Indiana, um, I think it would be a great loss. Seriously, I think it would be a great loss for uh, people like me who are like-minded to you, and uh, not only because you come on the show, but uh, from what you say and how you act and, and your passion, I, I think it would be a terrible loss for the Republican Party. I know you deserve time off, uh, but uh, th there's plenty of time for time off because as you correctly said, I believe, I mean, this, this we, I can't believe where this country is. I mean, I, I, I'm not even talking about, I'm not even talking about how now if in, in, in a law school in, in, was it Wisconsin, the first, first year law students have to, are taught that there's no exceptional white people. And you, ha I mean, I can't believe where this country is on so many levels. So my info, my, my wish is you would stay. Well, thank you. And I listen, I, I care dearly. You know, I grew up, you know, we have a lot of older generations that grew up in a hard time after World War II that have appreciation what our republic is about. I grew up in a very difficult country. It was a communist country. I saw what's happened when socialists and communists, you know, run, run out of money and what a wild west and mob rule. So I have enormous appreciation for what our country is about and coming from, you know, Ukraine with a suitcase and idealistic and young and being Congress, you know, just from appreciation for hard work. And what people, you know, I, I, I value that. I think we need to teach our children to value our republic and what we're about. We are the greatest country in the world because we have the most freedom. There is no difference between people. And if we don't keep these freedoms and values for the future generation, we're going to fail because a lot of republics fail. And this is an experiment that being, you know, that amazing, but we cannot, we have to be vigilant. And I have so much appreciation that makes me crazy enough to go and <laughs> fight some of these battles and be a politician. Congresswoman, keep, keep, stay strong. I look forward to talking to you again. And thank you so much for your time. I know how busy you are. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Take care. Uh, Congresswoman of uh, Victoria uh, Sparts here on the uh, Steve Malzberg show. And um, I, I, I really do hope she stays. And if, if I have, I know nothing, but if I could interpret tones and words and everything, if I had a bet and she's still there, no, yeah, she's gone. Okay. But I, I was going to say it anyway. I think she's staying. Just, I have no, nothing to back that up. I'm just guessing. I think she's staying. And I hope she stays because you could hear her. And we need people like that on the side of good, the side of right, the side of decency, the side of common sense, the side of dignity, the side of, of loving our country. <sighs> okay. We have one final segment left in the hour, so don't go anywhere. Steve Malsberg right here on TNT. 
It's been said that when someone you love has Parkinson's, you have Parkinson's. The truth is, Parkinson's disease doesn't just affect the diagnosed. It affects everyone who supports and helps care for them. Worldwide, over 10 million people are living with Parkinson's, a neurological disease that affects movement. And with so many places to search for information, it can be difficult to know where to begin. The Parkinson's Foundation has answers. Answers for everyone in the fight. We can help you understand the disease, help you find expert care, give you tips for living a better life, share the latest research, help you find local support, and there's a free helpline you can call. Find your answers and join us in the fight against Parkinson's. To learn more, please go to parkinson.org or call 1-800-4PD-INFO. The Parkinson's Foundation. Better lives together. Hi, I'm Susan Lucci. I never thought about heart disease until I had my own heart event. I had a 90% blockage in my main artery and a 75% blockage in the adjacent artery. I received two stents in my arteries, stents developed through research funded by the American Heart Association. Those stents saved my life. Learn more about the American Heart Association's life-saving work at helpheart.org. This is the Steve Malzberg Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, folks, uh, welcome back. All right, let's get to, uh, to some clips that I think you'll enjoy um, uh, before we uh, say goodbye for the, uh, for the day or evening. Um, uh, let's go to uh, Donald Trump. Um, I think this might have been in, uh, in New Hampshire. I'm not 100% sure. But talking about who gets into this country. And, you know, the left will portray this as whatever. You know, Hitler, Nazi, Mussolini, whatever the heck. But you know what? America agrees with him. Here is cut uh, three. Oh, three. I will immediately restore and expand the Trump travel ban on entry from terror plague countries. And I will implement strong ideological screening for all immigrants. If you hate America, if you want to abolish Israel, if you sympathize with jihadists, then we don't want you in our country. We don't want you. Short but sweet. I mean, he, he's elaborated more in the past. And, um, but, I mean, that's just, that's just one example. Remember, he instituted the, what they called the Muslim ban. It was from certain countries where terror ran rampant. And, 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 he, and he, you know, he, he instituted that ban. And it, it, it's just, you're trying to protect your country. You're trying to protect your country. Which, of course, Biden and, and the people who run the country are, it's the antithesis. You're welcoming everybody, including terrorists, into the country because you don't know who's coming into the country and they know how to get in. They know how to get in. Uh, here is um, on MSNBC, so many examples. This is uh, Joy Reid and um, Paola Ramos talking about immigration, cut 319. And and very quickly, this massive resistance, it sounds like the old Southerners who said that we will resist integration by any means necessary, that Chip Roy language. How does that read inside of the Latino community? 
it's it's very it's very simple. No, if you're the Republican Party, you're you're allegedly the party of laws and order, and you're essentially telling local authorities to break the law. No, so I think once again going into this image of you know who is the party of law and order and who is the party for democracy, I think that's where we all have to highlight the hypocrisy, regardless of the politics. They're essentially telling people to break the law. Okay, so Joy Reid is asking this woman how that sits within the Latino community. She's the spokesperson for the Latino community? Really? Ron DeSantis won the Latino community in Florida. Donald Trump did very well and in the polls is doing much better even than he did with the Latino community. So what Latino community, and again, as if it's monolithic, is she talking about? Her family, her friends, her circle? It's just so, so... So racist and so, you know, you, you, you can't speak on behalf of blacks, on behalf of Latinos, on behalf of whites. It's crazy. Oh, boy. Okay, uh, let's try to get one more in. This is Alex um, Wagner on, with Seth Meyers talking about Trump and immigration. She's an MSNBC host. Cut 318. The devotion to Trump is so singular as to be almost a religion, right? So nothing else matters but him. I mean, the only policy proposal or the only policy he's talked about is immigration, which really feeds on xenophobia and racism more than a desire to fix our broken immigration system. So yeah, I mean, I think for them, it is the end all be all is Trump and nothing else matters. For Biden, you know, look, I think there is a lot of trepidation and concern about his age. But like, let's be real. Biden has done a bang up job with the economy. He has canceled student loan debt. He canceled more student loan debt last week. He has done more on climate than any other American president. I mean, his record, given a one seat majority in the Senate, is bonkers. And the fact that the dude is old should not erase what is a formidable record for us for three years. So what is. Okay. first of all. I didn't know Joe Biden was doing so well. Did you know he was doing so well? Wow, she's really uh, educated me. Give me a break. Just give me a break. More on the climate. What has he done on the climate besides ban things and tell us we're going to have to drive electric vehicles soon when we don't have any clue on how to build them, where to get the batteries, how to deal with the extra weight on our bridges and, and I, 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 whatever. Okay. But notice Immigration for Trump and his supporters is all about racism and xenophobia. Racism and xenophobia. That's the left. But Steve, how could you say the left? Are they monolithic? You know what I mean by the left. Uh, I'm talking about the Trump haters, the TDS sufferers, Trump derangement syndrome, the radical leftist nutjobs that, that overwhelm the media and run the media for the most part. And she's one of them on MSNBC, which is a loony bin. It's all about xenophobia and racism. But of course, from Hitler and Mussolini and a Nazi, what else would it be about? Wow. All right, folks. Tomorrow, God willing, we'll do it again. Same time, same place. Um, it's uh, Friday for me, so there'll be no guest. And um, tell your friends, tell your enemies, be here 9 p.m. right here on TNT.